0: Hey, welcome to Sunday School. I'm glad you're here. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. You're listening to the Mills Sunday School Podcast. We are the college and 20-somethings ministry of New Life Church. Turn to Philippians chapter 4, if you would. Philippians chapter 4, we encourage you to turn in your own texts, whether it be an electronic uh, Bible or the paper Bibles on your table. We encourage you to get hands-on, get into the Scripture what you do here on Sundays uh, should be a reflection of what you do all week. And any, any chance I get to get your hands on the text is a really good thing. So Philippians 4, this has a famous verse in it that I imagine many of you can say uh, by memory. The beginning of it says this, though. It's Paul, the apostle, writing to the Philippians. Philippians 4, verse 11. He's, he says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need. So he's He's not in need. Paul says, I have learned to be, what's that word? Content. Everybody say content. Today's message is about contentment. So Paul has learned to be content. He says, whatever the circumstances. Verse 12 says, for I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. So Paul in his life says, he's, you know, he's been in need and he's been uh, in a time where he's had plenty and he's learned the secret Ooh, don't you want to know a secret? He's learned the secret of being, everybody say content. In any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, what is the secret of, of contentment? Verse 13 says, do you know it by heart? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's a great verse. Let's pray to the Lord this morning. Lord, we've come here to bless your name. You are a holy God, and Lord, we come before you with really nothing, Lord. We are your servants. Lord, we have fallen short, and we are sinners, but you've come into our lives, and you've given us grace and mercy, and Lord, we're we're content with that. Whether we're well-fed or whether we are living in plenty, Lord, we're content because we know that you're inside of us, and we know that we can do all things through you who gives us strength. So we worship you, Lord, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And everybody said... Amen. Well, welcome to Sunday School. Today, uh, all this month, we're talking about thankfulness, and there's a, there's a holiday later this month called Thanksgiving, so that's kind of where we got the genius idea of doing this month. But uh, this thing is coming up in just a little while. A, a day after Thanksgiving, you have this scene that's pictured here. <laughs> Black Friday. And it, I, whenever I talk about Black Friday, it's, it's a very polarizing thing. Some of you love it. Some of you hate it. Some of you like despise it and boycott it. Is anybody boycotting it this year? Just like forget. the Okay, lots of hands. Just forget the whole thing. I'm not going out there. I'm not being a part of this animal scene. of. Being, I mean, when I was a kid, like stores opened early. Do you remember when stores opened at like 6 a.m. On, on Black Friday? It was like, oh, wow, that's early. And then it like creeped up to like 4 a.m. And then it was like midnight stores were opening. A couple of years ago, stores opened on Thanksgiving. And a couple, I think last year it was, uh, or maybe two years ago, they started opening like right during like traditional dinner time on Thanksgiving. It's like, what what in the world? <laughs> what does the world come to? Um, and it's just so interesting. And as a pastor, I have opinions about that. As a person, I have opinions about that. But here's all I wanted to say about the the Black Friday thing. If this, and every year, it's the same. Every year, there's like somebody gets hurt, someone pulls out a gun, someone gets tased by a security guard. I mean, it's just like entertaining. It's like, is this real? Does this really happen? Do people really like trample each other down? People actually get hurt. Like this is like, geez, that's the, I mean, in my mind, it's funny because it's like, it's so foreign. Like, does this, I've never been to a Black Friday opening i've never seen people beat each other senselessly to save fifty dollars on a tv i've just haven't seen that so to me it's like this is just outlandish this is weird but it really does happen and it's if it really does happen then it's sad and here's the question i had for you not a discussion question just a question to think about if this is how we as americans uh interact with each other to save a little bit of money um what, this is a serious question, like what happens when there's like real famine? Like what happens when there's not enough food and people are waiting in line to get food? And I'm not saying this is anytime soon. I'm just saying every every great empire has fallen. There, there'll there be famines, you know, that come and go. And so what happens when there's like real riot, real famine? Do we act like this as, as Christians? The answer should be no. We need to love each other. We need to... Um, have faith in each other and the the god that has created us the image of god so i think a lot of this consumerism and you know that word it just it's like a buzzword these days especially going into the holiday season the the consumerism just like the perpetuation of consumerism just it destroys a content. Life. And so that's one of the themes of today. So I'll get you ready for that and what it means to be content. We'll talk about contentment versus complacency and a pretty, I think, a pretty powerful lesson this morning about how we should be living, especially in light of thankful, thankfulness and giving thanks to God. So, welcome to the Mill Sunday School. So glad that you're here. There's a, a veterans uh, celebration afterwards, so that's why the room is set up as it is. Any veterans in here? Raise your hands, veterans, people serving in the army right now, or military or air Force, lots of you i see I see you guys out there that aren't raising your hands, so uh, but we, we do appreciate you, and there's a, a veterans and current serving uh, military anybody mil, military personnel there's a, a Lunch in here for you afterwards so that's why the room is set up as it is um and so afterwards if you if you have the time as you leave sunday school later on as far as announcements go if you could help clean up a little bit because after the second service they're gonna uh, have a lunch in here so they need to to turn around the room and do some things so if you could bring all the trash out and and if you could stick around that would be great to help out so anyways that's that if you're new to the Mill sunday school i met a couple of you that are new this morning uh there's cards on your table you could fill it out Really, truly give us as much or as little information as you want. And then we have a gift for you, no strings attached. So as you leave, there's some gift bags out there. There should be somebody there and they'll greet you and tell you more about College and 20 somethings ministry here at the New Life Church. So that's that. Uh, A couple other announcements, quite a few today, actually. Um, There's a winter retreat. Uh, This is kind of a save the date. Uh, In January, the last week of January, uh, it's at Golden Bell. Divide Colorado, woo. Uh it's where we went last year, they have a new retreat uh, facility like where we're going to be meeting, and I'm pretty excited about that, I'm more excited about our theme is going to be identity, the identity, identity that we have in Christ as sons and daughters, so that we'll talk a whole weekend about that, we'll have lots of fun, we'll go sledding if there's snow, which there was last year, and we had lots of fun, and no one actually got hurt, which is pretty amazing, um, so that's that, and then this Sunday coming up, not today, but next Sunday, we are joining uh, a small group that's been going on for quite a while now uh, called $5 Mission. Anybody? $5 Mission? Um. So $5 Mission is this group that started a long time ago where they wanted to help people that found themselves in homeless situations, and they didn't just want to give them cash, but instead they wanted to give them food and hang out with them and have a dinner with them. And so it started many years ago, maybe five or six years ago. Um, and it started as that, and they've been doing it every Sunday night. So tonight you can go there. Uh, they meet at uh, McDonald's downtown in Wasatch at 6.15ish. They, they bring $5, buy $5 worth of food, which can go a long way and uh, they bring it to the homeless people. And it's really not about the food. It's more about the community and sharing a meal with these people. So you could do that tonight. But next week, we are going to, the Mill Sunday School has, has a little bit of a budget to buy a bunch of pies and we'll bring said pies to $5 Mission. So that's next week. Plan on joining us uh, Sunday night around 6 downtown. And you could go online and find more information about that. So that's that. That's all the announcements. It feels good to have announcements over with. It feels good to, Talk about this topic, which is close to my heart, of being content in life. Being content with where you are. And I'm going to say that that's different than being complacent. Um, Contentment is this. If you go to thedictionary.com, which I'm sure you do all the time, uh, it's a state of being contented. And I hate it when you use the word to define the word, the idiots on dictionary.com. But then it goes on to give a little bit more description. It says, satisfaction ease of mind like having enough like feeling like maybe maybe you have enough maybe you don't but just having an ease of mind about the situation so here's your discussion question um i'm sure there's when, when i say contentment some of you are like oh that's a bad thing some of you are like oh that's a great thing and you can go back and forth on that but here's what i want you to talk about at your tables briefly if you're at a small table you could jump right into a bigger table uh they will welcome you if they don't come tattle on them and i will punish them um But your discussion question is this, how is contentment a good thing within the Christian life? Would you talk about that at your table for maybe uh, two minutes or so? Ready, cassette, discuss. All right, if I could interrupt. Uh, I have a microphone and uh, apparently today I have like a runway to l- literally run around the room. So I would love it if uh, anybody had some comments on answering this question. Maybe what you talked about at your table. Maybe someone had a good point that you would want to say. Or maybe you could point to them if they're willing to say it. Uh, but how is contentment a good thing within the Christian life? Anybody? Adam? I uh, Usually don't pick on people, but you, you want to say something or no? He's good. He's good. Just don't leave, to leave him alone. We have people raising their hands. Leave Adam alone. He's a good guy. Who wanted to share over here? Okay. Is it Jeremiah? Hey, I'm Jeremiah. And um, we what we were talking about is that uh, being content is how God trusts you with more things. Because if God um, trusts you and gives you something and you don't even use it all the way, and then you're still asking for more, and you're still like not satisfied, then God's not going to give you more because he's going to say... Well, when I gave you this, you, you before it was halfway out, you were asking for more. You sure. were already unsatisfied. Yeah. So. Great thought, Jeremiah. Good. Anybody else? I see. Tony, you want to share? You're just getting pointed at. You'll share. Okay. <laughs> What's the deal with pointing at other people today? <laughs> um i've just learned that contentment is is being happy being okay in every situation that you're in like paul talks about and so then that way when god is calling us into something that we don't want to do something that's scary something that's unusual or awkward for us we're going to be content in that situation because we've already um we've already gotten to that state of mind and i think it's more than just contentment but also being grateful and thankful in every situation good that's good that's a great review of what we've been talking about this whole month thank you tony anybody else Going once? Oh, Shailene. Thank you. So uh, just along with what everybody else is saying, but we also were discussing how um, in those moments that you are thankful and that you are grateful and you are content with whatever situation is going on, like Tony was saying, um, that speaks volumes to other people in our lives, whether they be Christians or not. Like to see somebody going through maybe a rough time and saying, but they're still content, what's going on, what do they have that I don't have um, in the secular world um, really speaks volumes. That's one of the ways that I came to know the Lord. And so yeah. I think that um, that's something that we can't like, just take for granted. People see how we act and how we act in different situations and how yeah. the Lord's working. Good. That's great. Thank you guys for sharing. Um, I wanted to talk about a little bit more about what I said earlier about contentment versus complacency. And say it like this. Um, if, if in your mind you think contentment is a bad thing... Well, then maybe it's like, well, when you imagine someone that's just content, maybe you imagine them just in sin and saying, oh, I'm, I'm cool, I'm good, I'm just living a life of sin, and I'm content with that. But I would say it like this. I would say contentment is not a sin. Contentment with sin is the sin. You can quote me on that. Sin is the sin. That's a great quote. Um, <laughs> if someone is content with uh, a life of sin and they just don't care, and, and they're like, oh, God's cool with me. I'm cool with God. You know, th- I know I'm not supposed to do this, but I'm content. Well, that's, that's dumb. That's contentment with sin. And that's sin. That's wrong. And then to go a little bit further and talk about complacency versus contentment. Contentment versus complacency. Complacency is, uh, if you look that word up, it's a feeling of smug, uncritical satisfaction with one's own achievement. So it comes with pride, and it comes with just, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with where I am. I don't need to grow. I don't need God to move in my life. That's complacency. Contentment is different in that it says, well, I'm okay with where God has put me. I'm going to flourish here. I'm going to bloom where I'm planted. I'm going to water and grow here where God has me, and I'm content with that. They're you know, like two, two different examples. Um, I... In your 20s, I'm 37. In your 20s, lots of you are in your 20s, early 20s. I worked a lot of fast food jobs. Anybody work in a fast food job? Starbucks, Taco Bell, Pizza Hut. I worked at Pizza Hut and a sub shop, and I, I I saw it. I saw different people's attitudes at the same store. Everybody's an employee. Everybody's getting paid. You know what what they pay, which is usually not that good. And some people were content. With that, They were content. It's like, well, I, I'm content here. I'm thankful that I have a job. I'm thankful that I'm, I'm, I am making money. I'm thankful for this work. I'm thankful to, to bring life to the jobs. Lots of Christians were like, I'm here to you know, be a witness to Jesus Christ. I'm going to put a smile on my face. I'm going to interact with customers. I'm going to interact with the other employees well, because I'm content. It's not that you're complacent. You're, you're fine with that as a career for the rest of your life but you're content. You're bringing joy. You're bringing peace. And then I would see at the same restaurants, other employees that just hated it, always complaining and talking about how they weren't getting paid enough. Always something to complain about. Always like talking about how they just can't wait to get out of here. And it's like, this place is a dump. I hate working here. Hate the boss. Hate the other employee. And they just had a total attitude of discontentment. And you can see the difference. I mean, it's the same job. Both people doing the same thing. Both people getting paid the same amount. But one person having an attitude of contentment and one person having an attitude of total discontentment. And that's the difference. So let's talk a little bit about the opposite of contentment. The opposite of discontentment would be contentment. The opposite of contentment would be discontentment. That's what I meant to say. Um, and it goes, contentment goes with thanksgiving. Discontentment goes with grumbling and complaining And just trying to feed your appetites. Always looking like, like, oh, the, the grass is always greener. Always being content. That's the reason why ads, advertisements work. I mean, we are a culture where... There are so many ads. There was some studies done that said in the 1970s, which is like your parents' generation, there was probably somewhere around people would look at maybe 500 ads a day. I was like, wow, that's a lot of ads. And in the 1970s, the internet wasn't around. And so these would be ads on television. These would be ads in magazines. These would be ads in billboards. And so the average person in the 1970s saw about 500 ads a day. There's some studies being done today that say, well, the average person today that's you know, living in America, the average person sees about 5,000 advertisements a day. Of course, that's with the internet. That's with app, like every app has like an ad banner at the bottom. Every internet site has ads all over it. And we are inundated with ads because they work, because ads prey on this concept that we are discontent with where we are. We need a better car. So here's an advertisement for the best car you can get. And it's like, oh, I need that. I want that. Or there's advertisements for, you name it. It deals with this deep-rooted seat of in our own lives, everybody's life, my life, of, well, maybe we're not totally content. We need something else. And so advertisements prey on that. And so then we become discontent with uh, lots of things in our life. I'm going to list a couple things here where, that we become discontent with. So if we see the ads and we want the stuff, we go out and buy the stuff, we get credit cards that we don't, can't afford and we get the stuff, then we're discontent with our financial life. We're discontent with the bills we need to pay. I mean, you probably don't know that. We probably do know this. Um, but but, young, but you guys, the young adults of our generation, are preyed upon by credit card companies. I mean, how many credit cards can you sign up for? There's like tons of them. Like if I remember when I went to college, like orientation day, there was like all these booths for different clubs. And then there was like triple that on just credit card companies wanting you to sign up for their particular credit card. Why? Because there's a lot of discontentment in young adults' lives. And they know that to fill that discontentment, people need to buy stuff to Somehow fill that gap, which doesn't work, by the way. And so they need credit cards to do so. And then people become discontent with the money and the bills they have to pay. And it leads to people doing crimes and stealing money, being more discontent with where they're at. We're discontent with uh, food. Like, I just was thinking about how much, like, even like I get a tiny bit hungry and I'm like, I have to put food in my mouth. I'm going to die. And I'm just like, I just ate an hour ago, but right now I have a little bit of hunger, so I need to put food in my mouth. And it has to be quick and it has to be the way I want it. And that's why in, in our society, of course, fast food is just, you know, through the roof on how many, how many fast food restaurants there are and how fast we want it and how good it needs to be. And you go to other countries, other cultures, and it's just a different world when it comes to food. I remember going to Thailand when I was uh, a long time ago with some friends. We were on a mission trip, and I sat down at a restaurant. I ordered the, the fried rice, chicken fried rice, and I it said onions, and so I said no onions because I hate onions. Anybody else? Yeah, okay, no onions, and uh, the waiter came back with the fried rice, and it's just covered in onions, and I was like, uh i usually don't complain but i was like uh uh, it has onions on it i I said no onions remember he's like oh yeah so sorry and he just walked away and i was like what (laughs) like in america he would take it back he would go fix it he and so i was like huh all right well i guess i'll pick him out and so i picked him out and it really wasn't that big of a deal but it was like this shocking like whoa he did like he's he's here to serve me and i want it my way and i want it right now and so it was just this this life transformation transforming moment not really but it was like wow our culture is so different than other cultures and there's lots of things to be discontent about um body image and there's all these uh, articles about photoshops and photoshopping the human body and then we as boys and girls look at those images and say well our bodies my body doesn't look anything like that and so we become discontent with who we are and then there's this 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 deep hurt that that comes out from us and the psychological things that can stem off that and there's disorders and there's help for that in the church by the way if if that's something you're struggling with personally but it comes from this i think it comes from this deep discontentment that we have in our culture that young people have, that old people have as well, but it's just, it's just bread in our society. We become discontent with our work. I mean, it's pretty rare these days, I think, to find someone who just loves what they do. And if you love what you do and you say that, well, good for you, because that's pretty rare. Most people just have something they just don't like about their job, and they go on and on about how they're just always looking for the, you know, the next thing. The grass is always greener on the other side. This one will come true for many of you. There's just a discontentment with being single. It's like, oh, well, you know, where we are now, Paul talks about singleness. Jesus talks about singleness as a gift. But in our society, it's like, well, maybe there's something wrong with you if you've chosen singleness for a time or if you've chosen singleness for life, then then our society says, well, that's, some, that's something wrong. It's like, well, no, we should be content with where we are. We should be content. And I, I think about like looking at our own society as our society shapes us. Like I look at all the internet dating that's out there, and so much of it has just turned into like hookup sites. And it's like, well, why is that? Why is this so rampant right now? Well, because people are discontent with with singleness and just want affection. But people people don't want long-term relationships. They just want some affection because they're discontent with where they are. And even in marriage, this has progressed to people getting divorced for just, I mean, just no reason at all. I mean, as a pastor, I meet with people that say, well, you know, what's going on? Is there abuse? Has there been uh, uh, adultery? Has there been this or that? And sometimes it's just like, well, well, we're just not that happy. And so, you know, we're going to, you know, we don't want to live our lives unhappy. So we're going to just get a divorce. No big deal. It's like, well, what is that? Like, how is that okay Well, it's our society and it's the world saying like, well, if you're discontent, if you're not happy, well, then you need to make yourself happy. You deserve to be you. I mean, we say the things that our society tells us are so contrary to the sufferings of the Christian life, to the sufferings that Jesus underwent, and it leads right into the church. So lots of things here we could be discontent about. People are discontent about new life. People, oh, I've seen it before, too, where people come to new life from other churches to visit, and they're like, oh... I wish my church had this and that and oh your church has this cool program and this event and oh my church doesn't have that my church stinks I hate my church it's like what like how is that oh, like how have we put you into that situation that coming here is like a curse to you because now you have to you, you think you have to go home to your horrible church because you're so discontent there that should not be you, we should be encouraging each other. We should be very content with where we are in the different situations. Uh, here's a picture of someone uh, green with envy, as the saying is. Uh, I looked up the saying. It's like, well, if you're green, then you're sick. So it's like you're sick. You're just enraged with envy for something someone else has or someone else's life. And that's like encouraged today. It's like, like, like envy is a sin jealousy is a sin and we don't really treat it as such the the american society just says oh they have it well then you deserve it too it just like perpetuates this envy that happens and it's it's not just our american culture i keep saying that as if like we're living in a sodom and gomorrah or something but um it's human nature i have uh i have three boys jay rowan and maximus and rowan is two years old and rowan a couple nights ago Erica uh, went to a mom's thing here at New Life, and uh, she took Jay, the oldest, and uh, Maximus, the youngest, and it was just to give me some. I I kept Rowan with me just to get some father son time in for the evening, and as soon as they left. Um, he started crying. He was like, mama, church, church, because he wanted to come to church, which and then I felt bad about because it's like, geez, a kid wants to come to church and <laughs> keeping him home. And, uh, and, and by the way, our children's ministry is great. It is not babysitting. It's not just childcare. They do teach the, the stories of the Bible and, and Jay's learning scripture and Rowan's learning. And so it's, like, it's a great thing. So then I felt bad, like, oh, gosh, I'm keeping him home from church. Um, so I was just like, I, I got to cheer this kid up. Uh, Rowan, you want to play outside? He's like, no, he's crying. I said, uh, do you want to do some coloring in a coloring book? He's like, no, he's crying. And then I said, this always works. I said, do you want a treat? And he said, no. Eh. And then I said, well, do you want one of Jay's treats? Jay's the older kid. Uh, and he, he just like stopped crying instantly. and was like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what in the world? Like, you don't want a treat, but you want Jay's treat. Like, what is, I mean, he's two years old. No one has taught him this. It's just human nature to be envious. And we, as believers, we got to fight that. This Fight this discontentment that is so rampant. Here, I'm going to put it this way. Uh, you could say, like, oh, the grass is always greener. And be discontent, you could talk about— Remember a couple months ago, anybody around when uh, New Life did a series on Ecclesiastes? It was before the Nicene Creed. Anybody? Raise your hand if you were around. So Daniel and Brady Boyd uh, talked about, if you went to the service or Glenn downtown, um, talked about the Hebrew word Havel. Do you remember that, anybody? Anybody? Remember the Havel? The, this, this wind, like the smoke, and people are meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher in Ecclesiastes, that you're, you're chasing after the smoke. You see it. It's right there. And you try to get the smoke, and you open your hand, and it's not there. And so that is like discontentment, always trying to get the next thing and looking at it, and then it's, it's not there, or it breaks, or it's, you just find, you find that you have it, and then you're just like, well, now I have this, so I've got to get some more. I've got to get this and that. I put it this way. I said, uh, the things we need... The things, we, sorry, the things we think we need for contentment, I put that in quotations, it's like if we want to be content, and so many of us, myself included, it's like, oh, if I really want to be happy, if I really want to be content, then I've then I got to get this next thing. So the things we think we need for contentment become more elusive because like once we get those things, it's like, oh, then, then what about this thing? What about that thing? They become more elusive. They require actually more hard work and more money to get, whereas stop and think about your goals. Are they eternal or, or are they just for pleasure or status or comfort? Think about the things you're desiring. Think about the things you want. Think about your goals in life. Think about who you are and what you want to go get out of this life. And are those things spiritual? Are those things eternal rewards? Or are those things just grabbing at things that are meaningless? They're havel. I have a bunch of Bible verses for us to show us about contentment, which will bring us to the nerd alert of the day. A um, few verses. So if I haven't said enough, let these verses speak for themselves about contentment. Contentment is a good thing. I'm going to say that again and again. I already have said that. And if you're like, well, no, you shouldn't be okay with where you're at. You should want more. I mean, where's where's the ambition? Where's the goals? Well, Well, that's, I mean... I would say that to someone who's complacent, but contentment says that you are, you are here in the now and it's okay and you're going to bloom where you're planted. You're going to grow roots and you're going to be like a tree living by streams of living water because you're content with where you are and God might bring you somewhere else. And then in that place, you should be content. So here's all these verses, quite a few of them for you. Uh, I have the verse at the bottom and then uh, uh, the verse uh, mark at the bottom. So Hebrews 13, 5 says this, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. And that's found in Hebrews. So it's like, well, what's at the, you know, a a sense of discontentment is that, well, maybe God's really not there. And I need to go out and grab this stuff as fast as I can because God's not going to be there looking after me. No, God's going to be there looking after you because He's always there. He will never leave us, He will never forsake us. Therefore, be content with what you have and do not love money. Another verse, 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 9 says, But godliness with contentment, godliness with contentment, those two things, is great gain. Verse 7. So so why is godliness and contentment a great well he he prefaces it, or he uh, he he kind of explains it like this for we brought nothing into the world, we can take nothing out of it. Um, But if we have food and clothing, anybody have food and clothing? Like, I I don't see any naked people in here. And if you don't have food, I I still see some bread back there. So this is us. Like, we have food and clothing. Like, we are wealthy, and maybe some of us don't even know it because we're comparing with other things, comparing it with other people. But verse 8 says, if we have food and clothing, which is all of us, uh, we will be content with that. People who want to get rich fall into temptation, into a trap, into many foolish, harmful desires that plunge men and women, plunge humanity into ruin and destruction. So here, Paul, in his letter to Timothy, just tells every one of us, because every one of us in here is clothed, thank God, um, and there's food here. And so if, if we have food and clothing, every one of us should be content. And and I know I my first reaction to that is well but this but that you know but 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 be content with that. Another verse uh, from Paul as well, First Thessalonians four eleven, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business. Tweet that. <laughs> no more needed to be said. Matthew six twenty five through thirty four. These are uh, Jesus' words telling us, encouraging us. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. I mean, so much discontentment comes from worry, like this deep-seated fear that we're not going to have this or that in the future. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about what you'll eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. Is there any birds out there? I don't see one right now. I hear one. Uh, look at the birds of there. Do, they do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet, what does it say? Your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Those are the Jesus words, having a lot to do with thankfulness and contentment, if you read the underlying philosophy behind what he's saying. One more verse, or two more actually. This one, First Peter 5 6. Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty plan, or excuse me, mighty hand, that He may lift you up in due time. I know I'm so guilty of, of wanting to lift myself up and just grab and, and take and, and, and with arrogance and pride, like wanting to lift up myself. And this verse is a slam to that. Peter saying, Don't do that. Humble yourself, that's what you're supposed to do, and let God lift you up in due time. That's like a promise that he's giving to us about what he knows about Jesus because he and Jesus hung out together and Jesus was God. So a promise straight from uh, the text of Scripture here. And finally, uh, Jesus very simply just saying, be content with your pay. So many of us, uh, there's always room. It's like, well, so and so is getting paid a little bit more and we're doing the same job. Or oh, what about this? You know, comparing ourselves We all do that. Be content. Jesus uh, challenges us. He commands us. Be content with our pay. One more discussion question for you. Um, This one's uh, maybe a quick one because we need to end a little early today. Um, But maybe a serious question, a reflection question. And I I imagine that some of you are at tables where you don't know anybody else at your table. So this is maybe a little personal, a little deep. But I would challenge you to dig in. Um, Share with, with others, maybe people you don't even know, uh, what, what's going on in your life? So what, as I'm talking about this, I, I pray that the Spirit has been quickening you to listen and like, well, what is the Spirit saying to you? And this is a question. Uh, what are areas of your life, what areas of your life can you consider being more content? Would you discuss that at your table? Ready to get set? Discuss. Uh, all right, if I could interrupt. Um, maybe just yell some things out. What, what was said at your table that kind of stood out? Anybody? What would you say? School. Be content with school and the schoolwork that piles up. Somebody over here said being content in their job, like having bosses they don't really like. Anybody have a boss you don't really like? There are like five of you. you raised your hand. Yeah, right. Um, being content in that, though. It's like, well, it's just life. It's part of the work environment. Uh, what else? Anybody? 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 Candice? Love? God's love. Like feeling like, oh, like, does God love me? This bad situation happened. Can you be content in that? I heard somebody over here say envy. Like, oh, that just stood out. Like I need to work on being envious of other people. And how many uh, countless hours we spend... Because of Facebook and all the, all the sites that perpetuate this, you know, putting your best foot forward and showing wonderful pictures of yourself in the situation. And then we all see your pictures and we are like, gosh, I, you know, I'm not there. I I didn't just win that award. I didn't, you know, oh, man, I'm so jealous. I'm so envious of you and your situation. And then I, like, well, I I need to one-up that. So I post this picture. And then uh, other people see me as, like, higher than I should be. It's like, well, why do we do that? It's just what we do as humans. And now it's so easy with social media. Uh, Somebody else said pay, being content with how much they're making. Um, There's all kinds of areas. I pray the Holy Spirit convicts us. To be content with. Because like uh, uh, Paul said to the Thessalonians, if we have food and clothing, and we've kind of said that, that that's all of us in here. We have food. We have clothing. We have the, the bare necessities of life. We should be content with that. So as we conclude today, um, the challenge for us, uh, so many times in the scriptures that I read for you, it just says two simple words. Be content be content. Be con- Be content with this, be content with that, be content because of this and that, but be content. I and mean, there's so many reasons we, especially as Americans living in 2015, should be content for. I mean, you might not think of yourself as rich, um, but you- visit another country. That's why uh, mission trips are important for the people that go. I mean, usually mission trips like from New Life go, and we support, support some missionaries that are on the ground in the country um, do, doing their thing, and it's very helpful to them. But a lot of times the mission trip, people come back and say, yeah, we did this and that, and people were blessed. But what really was awesome was I saw how grateful I am because you know they saw situations where people were hungry people really were uh they didn't have enough clothes people didn't have enough to eat they, they their homes were you know dirt floors little shacks and it was cold outside and it's like wow how much we have as americans Um, Even for people that find themselves in homeless situations, like, well, there is shelters, there is help, but we have it very well here in America comparing ourselves to any other country. We have it very well comparing ourselves to pretty much any other time in history, The, the luxuries that we have at our fingertips. The communication, the transportation, the, the like sanitation, the, the food that we have. I mean, the basic human needs beyond that to luxury status, we have that at our fingertips. And yet so many people say that our generation, uh, and maybe they point their fingers at you guys as a little bit younger, people in their 20s, people in high school and, and your early young adults, are you know people are always saying, Oh, you guys are the worst generation, you're so ungrateful. You know, and people say, Well, back in my day, this and that, but you guys have it so easy. And and maybe every generation says that about the people coming before them. But every generation has to learn contentment. Every generation has to relearn the things that we have gotten from our ancestors, our parents. I mean, consider just a couple hundred years ago, people in most in America, didn't have flushing toilets in their house. It's like, how much we take just that for granted and how much we have now, the food that we have available, the internet that we have available, how many blessings we have. And, and furthermore, like those are just all worldly secular things. What about God's grace upon our lives? So I want to end with this idea and I'm, I'll pray over us. I have a scripture for us to read and to think about. Is that God's grace is upon our lives. We've all fallen short. We've all come before the Lord and been in a place of need because we've sinned. We, we've known the commands. We know what is right and we've walked the other way and God's grace can be upon us. And that alone should be, we should have all contentment because of what he has done for us. So I'm going to pray over us and then I'm going to have us read a psalm that's a psalm of contentment. It's Psalm 134, Psalm 131. It's only three verses and it's... Uh, a psalm that uh, last week I challenged you to memorize. And some of you did, quite a few of you did, memorized a five-verse psalm. This one's three. So if you, after reading it and meditating on it, you memorized it, I would be really impressed. Uh, So that's a challenge for you since we're ending a little bit early. And it has to do with, um, it starts off with, Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. And then it says, Nor do I exercise myself in great matters or in things too high for me, and then it kind of changes tune. and says, surely I've behaved. So it's kind of like, Lord, you've given me grace. Surely I've behaved and quieted myself. And this quietness goes along with contentment. You know, loudness and, and always, you know, blowing up social media uh, that, that we're all, myself included, guilty of doing. That's not quiet. But a quiet life, as, as one of the verses I read today, we should strive to live a quiet life. So it says, surely I've behaved and quieted myself. And then he compares his soul to a child that is weaned from his mother and a child that is not weaned is always hungry i mean we live once again we live in a pretty good society where there's bottles and there's formula and there's all kinds of things we can do for a child um, but a child that's not weaned of his mother is just always just needing, like needing. That's just human nature. That's little babies. That's what they do. There's always need, 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 crying and screaming day and night. I mean, if you, if you know a newborn, if any of you have kids, quite a few of you do, um, you know that like the first couple weeks of a child's life, it's like every hour, every two hours, they're eating and they're in need and wanting and needing and needing. And the, the psalmist says in verse, uh, towards the end of verse three, it says, as a child that is weaned from his mother, so my soul is even as a weaned child. Like, I've, I've let this world go. I'm not just craving and desiring and needing, 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 needing. But I've been weaned. My soul is like a weaned child, a child that doesn't need the milk from his mother anymore. So I'm going to pray over us and then challenge you to read that psalm in a meditative state. Just somebody at your table, pick the psalm. Maybe read it once or twice. Maybe if you have time, stay and uh, try to memorize it. But let's pray before the Lord. God, we come before you, a a holy God. And Lord, you've given every single one of us what we need in this life. We've looked around and said, no one in here is is hungry because we have food in this very room. No one in here is naked because, Lord, you've clothed us. And you've given us life. And you've given us so much blessing. And, Lord, we are content with what you've given us. Lord, we are content with where we are, and we're joyful. We are thankful because you are in our lives. You are speaking to us right now as we close Sunday School. As we speak to you, Lord, you are here. We've invited you here, and we've welcomed you here. But, Lord, you you are always here. You are always the one who gives life. And so, Lord, we praise you. We come to you and say we're content. Lord, we love you and praise you. And everybody said, amen. We hope you've been spiritually encouraged by listening to this podcast. More podcasts and information about the college and 20-somethings ministry at New Life Church in Colorado Springs can be found at newlifechurch.org forward slash Sunday School.